Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Friday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. Last time we met Sarai, the wife of Abram, or Sarah, the wife of Abraham, as they'll be called a little bit later in our story. And we saw that Abram and Sarai were not particularly attractive people. They conned Pharaoh. They went back home from Egypt loaded down with lots of wealth. You wonder what they talked about on the way back. Well, I now want to continue with exploring Sarai, get a little more into her character here. So when Abram and Sarai came back from Egypt, they had cattle and sheep and donkeys and camels and riches. And we read in chapter 16, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So something else they acquired in Egypt was Hagar, a maidservant. Well, sort of. She said, Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant, Hagar, and perhaps I can build a family through her. So we're going to have the first surrogate mother here with Hagar. I don't think things are going to go well here. We have Abram and Sarai, uh, not particularly admirable characters. Now you introduce Hagar into the mix. Now Abram has two women, two wives, if you will. Why in the world anyone would want two women telling him what to do? I, don't, I have no idea. But here we are. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram said, yes, I will do it. <laughs> Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan for 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. There we have wife number two. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. Now, Abram is an old man. In fact, we read in chapter 16 at verse 16, Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Now, Hagar is a beautiful Egyptian young woman. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. Now, I, I don't want that image stuck in my head. It's not a pretty image at all. Well, when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. She walked around six months pregnant, looking haughty. I'm the one having his child. And then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong that I'm suffering. This is, your, this is all your fault. I put my servant in your arms, and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. This is all your fault. Why did you take us to Egypt to begin with? Oh, they have a big argument, let me tell you. Abram said, hey, hey, your servant is in your hands. 
do with her whatever you think best. Well, that wasn't very nice of Abram. Sarah, I mistreated Hagar. So she fled from her. She ran away. Hagar ran away. And where would she go? They're living in the Negev. She would simply go to the coastal plain, get on the Via Maris, and head for Egypt. It's not that far. I've driven it myself in about eight hours. Hagar fled. And the angel of the Lord found her near a spring in the desert. It's hot in the Negev. She's on the way back to Egypt. And she's sitting by a spring. He said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from? Where are you going? She, through tears, said, I'm running away from my mistress Sarai. And then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. And the angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. You're part of a plan here, Hagar, and you can't even begin to conceive of what it will be. Trust me. Go back. It's all going to work out. And the angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now with child and you will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He'll be a wild ass of a man. His hand will be against everyone, everyone's hand against him, and he'll live in hostility toward all his brothers. He's going to be viewed by Abram and Sarai's soon-to-be son, Isaac as the bastard in the family. He'll be a wild ass of a man. Hmm. I remember at 18 years old going off to the Marine Corps, graduating high school, going into the Marine Corps boot camp at Paris Island. I came home after that on leave. I had my uniform on. Everybody was proud of me. We lived in my grandmother's home. My grandmother had one child, my mother, and during the war, my mother married my father, who was in the Navy. After the war, he moved in with them. So we grew up in my grandmother's house. And she was, oh boy, you didn't mess with grandma. She was the queen of the roost. In fact, her name was Sarah. And I remember how proud she was when I came home from the Marine Corps boot camp in my uniform. And one night, I went out drinking with my friends. I had been in boot camp, and I hadn't had a beer in a long time. So we had quite the night. And I got back to the house at, oh, maybe somewhat after midnight. And I had had a few too many for sure. And I was looking for the key, and I was rummaging around, and I couldn't find it, and my, my clothes were disheveled, and... And all of a sudden, my grandmother jerked open the front door. And here she was, all four feet, ten of her. And she reached out and took me by the front of the shirt, yanked me inside, and said, You get in this house before the neighbors see you. You're a wild ass of a man. <laughs> I, I always remember that when I read this story. That was Grandma. Grandma Sarah. <laughs> well, gosh. 
she gave Hagar gave him uh, this name Ishmael to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me, she said. I have now seen the one who sees me. And that is why the well was called Ber Lehiroi. It's still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave, gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. So forget that scene from nine months earlier when Hagar joins old Abram in the boudoir. It is not a pretty sight. Now I turn over to chapter 21. How does Sarah feel about this? Well, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah. Her name has now been changed. Sarah means, by the way, princess. And Sarah was. And so was my grandma, Sarah. She was the princess, I can tell you. The Lord was gracious to her, and he said, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Now, Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave him the name Isaac. The son, Sarah, bore him. Isaac means laughter. In a scene right before this, three travelers are passing by Abram. As it turns out, one is God and the other two are angels. And as they have a meal with Abraham, God tells Abram, this time next year, your wife Sarai will become pregnant and have a child. I'll be back a year from now. You'll have a child. And Sarah laughed. She was in the, in the tent working on dinner. And the Lord said, why did you laugh? She said, I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. Well, sure enough, she becomes pregnant and she gives birth to this little boy and she names him Isaac, which means laughter. I'll bet growing up as a little boy, they called him Chuckles. <laughs> so Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. And when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. He was a hundred, he was 86 when Ishmael was born. And now he's a hundred. And Sarah is 90. Now, if you thought the bedroom scene between Abram and Hagar was a little difficult, think of this one. 89 and 79. Oh. Well, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will, will laugh along with me. How in the world did she ever have a child at that age? And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? And yet, by golly, I've borne him a son in his old age, never mind mine. Now the child grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham had a great feast. 
a child was weaned at maybe three, maybe four years old. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had born Abraham was mocking. He was teasing the little boy, three, four-year-old boy. He's a 14-year-old boy. This little boy, Isaac, is his half-brother. I suspect they were just fooling around. He was, he was teasing him and playing with him. It's a, a big celebration, the weaning. He said, hey, little guy, you're weaned. You're a weenie. Ha <laughs> ha. And Sarah said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son. I don't want that little bastard around here. That slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. So we can see clearly this is not a happy home. And this has been going on for 14 years. Sarah runs the place. But she's a tough cookie, I can tell you. Well, the matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. God said to him, don't be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the maidservant into a nation also, because he is your offspring. So early next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. And she went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. She's put out. She's been with that home, with Abraham and Sarah, for 15 years. No, 17 years. Ishmael is a teenager, 16, 17 years old. And they're put out. How do you think Ishmael felt? His father putting them out of the house. Because that horrible woman, Sarah, hates me and hates my mother. I could just see Sarah with her arms crossed, scowling at the two of them. Abraham going, oy vey, what am I going to do? Off they went, heading back to Egypt, of course. And when the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. He's not a child. Ishmael sat under a, an acacia tree, weeping. His father put him out of the house, along with his mother. She went and sat down nearby, about a bow shot away, and she thought, I can't watch the boy die. He's dying of a broken heart, and here we are out in the middle of the Negev, and the water's gone, and there's no spring nearby, and we're going to die. She began to weep. God heard Ishmael crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What's the matter, Hagar? What's the matter? Duh, look. Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up. Take him by the hand. I will make him 
into a great nation. And then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled it with skin, with water, and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, with Ishmael, as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. Now think about that. We have a boy now, perhaps 17 years old. For the first 14 years, he was Abraham's only son. Abraham longed to have a son. And I'll bet Abraham taught him how to shoot a bow, how to hunt. They would go out together. And notice when the water and the skin was gone and he was sitting under the bushes, it was about a bow shot away. Somehow archery ties in with this story with Ishmael. Who would have taught him archery? Who would have taught him how to shoot a rabbit at 50 yards with a bow? Abraham. Now he became, as a man, he became an archer, good archer, warrior. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt, of course, from her own home. So they're gone. God will fulfill his promise. Abraham will have Isaac. Isaac will have Jacob. Jacob will have the 12 boys who become the founders of the 12 tribes of Israel. But what about Ishmael? Ishmael married. And he had 12 sons. Ishmael becomes the founder of the Arab people, while Isaac becomes the founder of the Jewish people. Do you see that? What's going on today in the Middle East, in Israel, Palestine? the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It dates back to Genesis. Do you think we're going to solve this at any time soon? I don't think so. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. Abram took Sarai, left the Negev, and went to Egypt because of a famine. And look what's happened. And all the while, Sarai, now we'll call her Sarah. She's been complicit in all this. And she is one tough cookie. I don't know. Abraham's the great patriarch. And I think he was pulled one way and another. This was hard on Abraham. But the hardest test is still to come. And that will be next time. All right, I leave you there. We'll pick up with Sarah again next time together. Blessings to all of you. Bye-bye now.